Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Periodically over the years on this podcast series, we've discussed different aspects of estate planning and uh, certainly learned about the importance of the process. Now, as we encounter many of the oddities and uncertainties of calendar year 2020, I, I think it's essential that we revisit this very important topic and make sure we understand how critical an estate plan can be at, at any time, but especially at uh, this moment in time. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and today I'm joined uh, by Lavelle Law Attorney Ryan Gardner. Uh, we haven't talked to Ryan in a while. He's part of the very successful estate planning and administration group at Lavelle Law. And Ryan, busy time for you, I'm sure, so thanks for taking the time to join me today. Thank you, Jim. Always a pleasure to be with you. It has been a little while. I missed you, um, but uh, <laughs> excited to be back and, and try to uh, you know, give a little education today, a little knowledge, so that hopefully people can make some good informed decisions. Well, you know, I, I think a lot of people, especially younger people in particular, may be yeah, maybe a little intimidated when they hear the term estate plan and think that's, you know, something bigger than, than they want to get involved with. So before we talk about the value of one, can you get, kind of give me an overview of what we mean when we say an estate plan? Sure. So, you know, I've actually been giving this presentation uh, a good amount lately. I'll just kind of summarize it in just a minute or two. The idea is that estate planning is really for everyone. Nobody is exempt from the need by of having certain key documents in place in case something unexpected should happen to you, whether that's a premature death, incapacity, inability to make decisions for yourself, whether it's permanent, temporary, it doesn't really much matter. Without the right documents, the answer is we are going to court and there is going to be an incredible mess frustration, expense, everything becomes public, whereas if we have the right structure, the right documents, which really are you know, revocable living trust, poor over will, child guardian appointments if we have minor children, health care powers of attorney, financial powers of attorney, those are just some of the kind of bedrock estate plan documents that really everybody needs. Whether you're worth $100 or $100 million, estate planning is really for everyone. And you mentioned some of those documents, and again, without going through them in too much detail, I uh, assume that most of these plans can sort of be tailored to the individual based on what their needs are, whether they have children, whether they have their own business. You, you kind of put the right plan together for each person. Without question. I mean, you know, just take, for example, uh, what I had going on last week. I had uh, a husband and wife who have adult children or, you know, children who are now in college, we did the plan for the parents, and then we also did simple powers of attorney for health care and property and a HIPAA waiver for the children that were respectively 19 and 21. So those are my clients as well, even though they have no children, have no real assets. They're in college like we all maybe maybe most of us were once. Um, but, again, everybody needs something. So even the 19-year-old all the way up to the 91-year-old and, and beyond certainly needs to get some of these documents done. And it can be customized, tailored. You know, don't have to over-lawyer this thing. Just want to make sure that we're being thoughtful, intentional in the way that we draft and, and strategize as to what's best for each individual client. Well, and I, I mentioned at the beginning this very unusual year we're living in and people facing changes in employment and jobs and a lot of health concerns. 
Um, is it really just even more important right now that people take a, a beat here and, and take a look at what they might need in this regard? Yeah, I mean, you know, don't take my word for it, right? But of course, I would I would say that. But I mean, just take the word for the fact that we are we've experienced a, a very large volume of new clients who are kind of putting a new priority on the idea of estate planning and just making sure we have our ducks in a line. Hopefully these documents, you know, collect a lot of dust and get locked in the lockbox for decades to come. But if we're wrong about that and something were to happen to us before that time, absolutely, Jim, we want to make sure that we just at least have something. Something is better than nothing. And again, you can ask my clients who parents or had nothing and they'll tell you why. Yeah, and um, you, you made a, a comment earlier about the, the chaos that can ensue if these are not in place. And I, I don't want to minimize that. I don't want to make light of it. But at the same time, it's really sort of a, a negative approach here. So can you kind of just give us a quick sense of what happens when you don't have an estate plan and, and one of these unfortunate events occur? Yeah, so, you know, we, we kind of look at it across the spectrum. So we'll start just briefly. What happens if I'm in a coma, heart attack, stroke, dementia, Alzheimer's, car accident, you know, surgery goes wrong. I've, I've had some pandemic hit me that I'm, I'm, I'm on a ventilator, something really scary, um, and we don't have the ability to speak to the doctors or make informed decisions for us. If we're over the age of, you know, if, kids, if it's kids under the age of 18, which we're seeing is really at least, you know, empirically with the data, it's not affecting, thank goodness, uh, the young ones, but people who are a bit older are getting affected. So if people over the age of 18, the doctors, you know, really have no ability or right or, you know, especially if they want to, you know, dig their heels and they won't speak with different family members because there's no power of attorney on place. So certainly at a minimum, we want to get people's health care powers of attorney, their financial powers of attorney, they kind of go hand in hand so that again, you can, you can have somebody to make those decisions for you. If you don't, we're going to, we're going to court. I mean, that's ultimately the takeaway here is that we have to go to a division of the probate court known as adult disabled guardianship court and get a guardianship over that person. Again, whether they're 18, 81, 28, 49, it doesn't matter. You're over the age of 18, no power of attorney, Somebody, in order to make decisions for you, will need to go to court and petition for guardianship over you, which is a lengthy, expensive, frustrating process. The same is true, Jim, if somebody, God forbid, were to pass away prematurely. If you don't have wills and trusts and the right instruments there, where are we going? Kind of common theme here. Sound like a broken record. We are going back to court. Now we're still in the probate division, but we're on the other side of the floor known as, as the decedent's estate portion of the probate division and again that's where everything becomes public we have a six-month freeze on the assets let that one sink into our listeners out there a six-month freeze on the assets that otherwise should be readily available for your family not so fast we have to give creditors the opportunity to make claims against that how would creditors know because everything becomes public from your family's information to your assets uh, everything becomes public and is tied up in courts for you know, hopefully only six months, but we tend to tell clients to expect 12 to 18 months just as a baseline. Well, just uh, imagine, you know, working a lifetime to build assets, to, to put yourself in a comfortable position, and then uh, having that all fall apart. And explaining that to us today is Lavelle Law Attorney Ryan Gardner. And uh, certainly if you haven't gotten to know Ryan yet, uh, visit LavelleLaw.com. You can review his very impressive background there. You get a feel for his approach to working with clients uh, on his personal profile page. And then also when you're there, take a minute to read some of the excellent articles he's posted. Um, very active on the site, and you can get a great deal of information from and about Ryan. Um, 
as we talk about parents, Ryan, let's let's talk about the very serious matter of protecting a child's future. So should something happen to their parents, um, is it enough to to talk to a friend or a family member and and just get a commitment and say, hey, you know, if something happens to me, you're the one, you're taking over. Uh, we all probably have those conversations, but from what I'm hearing, that that may not be enough. Well, it's certainly a good start, but it's nowhere near enough, right? I mean, handshake agreements or this is my the godmother, the godfather of my, my child, uh, or, hey, this is my next-door neighbor, this is my best friend, this is my sister. They all live in the community. Any one of them would be great. Or, hey, I want my sister to do that first. We need a legal document, Jim, that actually says that, that's been witnessed, notarized, executed in, in an appropriate fashion, not just handshake agreements or, you know, kind of mutual understandings among family members. You know, when, when we get to that situation, if God forbid, you know, we need to figure out guardianship for minor children, you know, you have different factions of different families or different friend groups starting to think, I'm better than for this reason, or she's better for this other reason. All could be very valid reasons, but ultimately, here we go again, back to the court and some judge that you've never met is starting to make decisions as to what's in the, what we look at as the, the best interest of the child standard. How you know, vague and ambiguous does that sound? Well, it is up to the judicial discretion. So you know, what does that mean? It means that you don't have the control at that point. Whereas just executing a very simple will with guardianship or an appointment of short-term guardian to cover incapacity guardianship is just so simple to get done. We just have to rip the Band-Aid off and do it. That's what I tell my clients. Let's just get it done. Well, so you're referring to a set of documents. Um, can someone point to the life insurance forms they've filled out or the investment accounts that they've established where they've signed beneficiaries and say, look, I've said that my kids or my wife get this if something happens to me, so I'm, I'm covered? Well, again, it's a start, but it's certainly nowhere near complete. You know, and, and we could have a whole podcast just on beneficiary designations. I think I've written an article about that, maybe even spoke to you about it in the past, Jim. But, you know, beneficiary designations do not set forth how that money is going to be managed. You know, I had a client the other day who told me, well, don't worry, I've named my brother as the beneficiary after my spouse because I know the money will go to him and he'll make sure my kids are taken care of. And I said, well, that's wonderful that you have a trustworthy brother that you could leave a million-dollar life insurance policy to if you and your spouse were to pass prematurely. But there's the problem is now that million dollars is included in his estate. If he were to pass away or if he decides he has a falling out with your children, he has no legal obligation to use that death benefit that he received that's in, intended to take care of you know, my client's children, he does not have a legal obligation to do it. So, the, of course, the better way to do that is to have a document that says how that money is going to be managed. Certainly make the brother the trustee or the manager, the custodian of that money, but ensure that the children are ultimately the beneficiaries of that under that structure, under that document, we just use the revocable living trust in that in that instance. But a lot of ways to a lot of ways to go about it. A great question, Jim. So um, obviously, we're in a time now, as I mentioned, where you know people's finances are being stressed a bit. Uh, unemployment is an issue for a lot of people who had had you know nice, healthy careers, and they're 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 watching you know where they're spending. They they hear this conversation and say, okay, I better do something. But in the you know, DIY world we live in, they're going to hop on the Internet, find some forms to download and fill out and, and kind of 
dust their hands off and say they're done. Is that is that going to work for them? Well, I, you know, I wish it would. I actually do wish that there was some methodology to that and actually getting it to work. I'll tell you this, Jim. I mean, in my, you know, about half decade or a little bit more now that I've been practicing, I've come across a state where somebody has passed away or become incapacitated and they used, you know, LegalZoom or some of these other, you know, websites to, to prepare documents. Without question, every single time something has been deficient in those documents that has either caused true invalidity, meaning that it's, it's as if they never even created anything, or we have to jump through a number of hoops with affidavits or testimony and things like that to try to get this back to where we thought. And one other point I'll make about this, Jim, is most of these companies, I, I, at least now they're starting to discuss the, the value of trust which is really the modern estate plan is the revocable trust. Again, whether you're worth $100 or $100 million, your, your estate plan should involve the, the living trust or the revocable trust. You know, a lot of these people doing the online uh, documentation will only have wills, and that will require probate court. It's one of the great misconceptions of estate planning is that people say, well, I have a will or my father had a will good news. It's very straightforward. It names me as the executor and it goes to my, me and my three siblings. We still have to go to probate court because the, the, the person passed away with just a will. They had a trust that had assets in it. Instead of having a will, we avoid probate court. So again, having the right team around you is going to be the most important thing when we look to structuring an estate plan the right way. And one more point I'll make about that, Jim, is you know, a lot of these, you know, LegalZoom websites, or I, I keep saying LegalZoom, I'm not p trying to pick on them, but there's a lot of different uh, resources out there where people will just go to Google Docs and print something off. A lot of them are not state-specific. So working with an okay. attorney that's licensed in the state where you reside is of the utmost importance. Having that relationship with an attorney is of the utmost importance as things change or as things need to be addressed. And remembering, too, that estate planning, by and large, is not some – Five, ten, fifty thousand dollar process. You know, I, again, everybody's situation is different, but we rarely see estate plans that are that that involved. And it's really because maybe that person's worth ten million or twenty million. Again, we see it more everyday estate planning for people that is very budget friendly and is thoughtful, holistic, modern, and is going to be done the right way by attorneys that practice in this field day in and day out, such as myself and my other team members. Well, uh, always good information. Good to catch up with Ryan Gardner again today. Uh, Lavelle Law, uh, LavelleLaw.com, great place to visit for information, but 847-705-7555 to reach Ryan. I know you're going to have more questions. Give him a call. You've heard his input. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.